Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Merry Christmas, everybody. I love Christmas at Rockbrook. Don't you say yes. It's so good, so good. You know, there's a phrase that comes up uh, around this time of year uh, that we hear so often. We say it to one another. I've heard it uh, on a commercial and seen it in a department store. Most don't know it's actually a quote from Jesus. And the reason why we remember it and say it to one another is because the Bible uh, told us that we should remember this in the book of Acts. Uh, It says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Let's say this out loud together. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And this weekend in this Christmas season, uh, we're going to talk about being more blessed and about giving. One of my jobs as your pastor uh, is really to lead our church through seasons. So the spiritual growth campaign was a season in our church. And now uh, we're in a season that really started with Celebration Weekend and then Andrew's message last week week of uh, this Christmas season. We call it celebration season, uh, celebrating what God has done throughout the year, uh, celebrating the birth of Christ, celebrating the new year. And um, we're going to give, we're going to give. One of the things I'd love for you to give uh, this time of year uh, to someone is an invite to church. Uh, There's a stack of these at the info table in the lobby. Uh, Take as many as you think you need and invite someone to church this Christmas season. People would be so uh, open to an invite and maybe trying church again. It's a good time to try church again and we'll put these in the worship guides next week and uh, we want we try to make every uh, weekend a good weekend for you to bring your friend with you to church but I'm telling you the next few weekends are going to be a phenomenal time. Uh, next week, we're going to do Christmas a good time for good times, and we're going to have some joy and some fun, and the kids are going to sing, and it's just going to be uh, a blast. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be joyful. Uh, the weekend after that is actually Christmas weekend, December 21st and 22nd, and we'll do our five weekend services with uh, all, all Christmas. I'm going to talk about a good time to get your hopes up, uh, because so many people uh, man, we've, we've gotten our hopes up before and we've been disappointed or we've been let down. And so we live life with a little bit of fear of, man, can, can I be this excited about something? Can I get my hopes up on this? Can I be that joyful? Because uh, we live in fear of being let down and disappointed. So we're going to talk about the promises of God and, and uh, how we can get our hopes up again and be filled with hope. And then uh, Christmas Eve, we're going to come back and uh, we'll do a family-friendly service those, that afternoon, 1.33 and 4.30, that we're excited about. I want, I want to invite you to those services. would love for you to invite someone. I really uh, hope we can take our hospitality to the next level at those services. And uh, I would love to ask those of you who... Maybe you've not joined a serving team here at Rockbrook, a dream team, uh, to consider serving for one of those services. We put a card in your worship guide. If everybody would pull this out right now, it's also on the app, and take a look at this. And uh, if you want to serve Christmas weekend, that Saturday, that Sunday, come back on the Tuesday for Christmas Eve for one of the services. We've got a variety of ways that you could help out. This is uh, not a long-term commitment. 
This is an opportunity for those who are not connected yet to a dream team to join us in just making those services excellent, those eight services. There's multiple opportunities, uh, something for every personality. We're not going to force you to do something you don't want to do. You can serve alongside others in the church. And here's my promise, no extra meetings, (laughs) hallelujah, and no uh, complicated training, uh, nothing like that. You won't have to answer complicated questions about Rockbrook or Christianity or anything like that. We just want to knock some Christmas socks off. We want to, I'd love to see every door with someone uh, wishing someone Merry Christmas and uh, just pour hope and light and this just be a breath of fresh air uh, that weekend. If you're already connected to a dream team, uh, but you want to, you say, well, I can serve in one of those ways for one of those services. Absolutely. Let us know. And uh, we've got some fun, different things we'd love to do that weekend that, uh, that uh, we just need some help to pull off. And so uh, please consider, uh, consider serving uh, one of those services uh, with us. We'd love to have you. Another thing we do during this Christmas season is what we call the celebration offering. And that's an end of the year. It's open to the end of the year offering. Uh, You can just designate your gift with that title uh, that uh, we try to give to gift to other people and then have it impact our community as well. And so I told you a little bit about this a couple weeks ago and I'm just so tickled and excited to share the rest of the details with you today. Uh, You know last year we gave uh, a big chunk of the celebration offering to New Creation Church in Chicago in an area that really needs churches and uh, they're a year and a half old now. They've gone to two services. They're moving into a a bigger space and uh, it's just fun to see them thriving and uh, we've got two churches that we want to uh, bless this Christmas uh, with part of the celebration offering and uh, we've looked into these churches and I've just had a blast uh, studying this and and uh, finding this out and bringing this to you. And uh, the first church that we want to bless this end of the year is Hope Valley Church in Surprise, Arizona. And they actually have not planted yet. They're going to start their weekend services in 2020. Uh, They have a launch team that uh, the pastor, uh, Jordan Headley, he and his wife Whitney and the family They started in Alabama, they served at a church in Tennessee, they actually feel called to surprise Arizona to go plant a church there, and uh, here's here's some of the reason why, uh, some stats they gave me on on why Phoenix and this surprise area, Uh, Maricopa County is the fastest growing county in America for the third year in a row, 5.6 million people, ninth most unchurched city in America, 7,000 people per month are moving to Maricopa County. Uh, that's pretty amazing if you've ever studied that kind of thing. Those are, that's just amazing stats. And uh, what happens is we're most open to the gospel and to Jesus Christ and to maybe try and church for the first time or try church again when we're in transition, when something's transitioning in our life. And there's 7,000 people per month who are in a transition in their life uh, that uh, the church needs to be there, re- ready for them. Uh, we have a relationship with another church in the Phoenix area. I called them and said, hey, what, what do you think about Hope Valley and this church and everything? They said, we are so excited. We need more churches in our area. And, and uh, Jordan May is just an amazing leader. They're so excited uh, for this church. So we want to bless them and, and, uh, and help them get launched in 2020. Another church uh, that we want to bless this Christmas 
uh, they've been having some gatherings so, so far, uh, some nights of worship and kind of gathering with their launch team. They've assembled a, a pretty diverse congregation. They're starting their weekend services in about a month, January 2020. And it's a church here in Kansas City, Glory Church, Kansas City. And uh, this church, man, I'm so excited about them. Uh, Pastor Greg, uh, Greg and Kate McKinney and, and their uh, four kids are so excited to plant a church in Kansas City. And uh, their, uh, their target area is right along Troost. Uh, Troost and 39th, a little bit north of there. Uh, that's where they live. That's where they've been having gatherings so far. And uh, that's where they want to plant. They want to meet in a high school or event space uh, along Troost, Troost and 37th or uh, somewhere around that area. And so we're excited uh, to help them. Uh, they've got some stats here on Kansas City that are, are fascinating. Um, so yeah, they're directly surrounding population. But recent research by the Barna Group says that Kansas City proper is number 57 on America's top churchless cities. 33% say they are religious. Only 16% would say they're Protestant. And so uh, we need more churches. We need people reaching, uh, reaching this area. And yes, their um, uh, goal is to plan along uh, Troost Avenue. And I don't know if you've been down in that area lately, but there's a lot of revitalization, a lot of different things happening there that it's primed. It's prime for a new church, and so we're excited to help a church here right in our uh, greater city and greater area, and uh, also with the celebration offering to do some things to help our direct community. You know, our Rockbrook's community, it's really anyone within reasonable driving distance of a Sunday morning service, Saturday night service, and uh, so we're passionate about local missions as well, national missions, and of course, international missions. Uh, Pastor Kelly uh, spent Thanksgiving in India and Nepal uh, this year, and uh, I asked him, we'll have to edit this out of the recording later if you're listening online uh, just for security reasons, but I asked Pastor Kelly uh, to come and uh, give us a report on some of the things that are happening in India, so let's give a warm welcome to Pastor Kelly. So that's some of what we're doing and what's going on. And I want to make a bold statement to you today. Uh, just one of the bedrock messages of our church. One of the main messages of scripture. That is that most people are following God the wrong way. So most people are following God and doing what God wants them to do. From a sense of obligation and duty. Rather than passion. Like many people don't enjoy praying. They just feel like they're supposed to. Many people don't enjoy reading their Bible. They just feel like they have to. And many people don't enjoy going to church. They just feel like it's the thing they're supposed to do. Many people don't enjoy giving. They just feel obligated to. And they're seeking God from a sense of duty rather than enjoying the ride. And that's not God's best for us. That's not what he wants for us. I'm looking for a church who says... I can't wait to give in a way that it grows God's church. I can't, I can't wait to give in a way that it enables people to, to, to reach more people, in a way that it rescues someone from human trafficking, in a way that it helps a child, that it saves a baby, that it feeds a person, that it, it brings the truth to someone who hasn't heard it, that it fortifies someone's faith, that it reaches my neighbor for Christ. I'm looking for a church who gives out a passion, not out of duty. And of course... There is a place in our faith and in Christianity to do something out of sheer obedience. 
Absolutely. To do, to do something because Jesus is the king and he told us to do it? Absolutely. But you can actually hit a point where you delight in the ways of the Lord. That serving God can be a delight, not a duty. And you can even give out of a delight, not an obligation. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9 says it this way, remember this, and whenever I see that um, in scripture, I circle it. Okay, I need to remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And any farmer knows that. Anyone who's even just scattered grass seed knows that, that the more grass seed you throw out, the more grass, more harvest that you're going to get. Verse seven, you must each decide in your heart. So with that in mind, remember this, and with that in mind, now decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. So I'm not gonna pressure you today. This is not culminating in an emotional moment where a a compulsive moment where I'm gonna ask you to give today. In fact, I I don't enjoy that. No one wants me to lead that way. I don't wanna lead that way. So let's just give so I don't have to. And in fact, I'd rather you plan it. I'd rather you pray and prepare it and not give just, just out of emotion, but because you've decided in your heart and God's led you uh, to what to do. So that's why we don't fill pl- out pledge cards at Rockbrook. We don't make faith promises. It's not, a, it's not a business transaction. You're giving to God. Okay, why? why, why, why do it this way? For God loves a person who gives, and say this word with me, cheerfully. So when you give, when you are generous, what ha- why could we give cheerfully? He goes on to tell us what will happen. And God will give generously, provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide an increase, provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will happen, will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. So how do you get there? How do you get there to where, I mean, there's just joy and gratitude and generosity. How do you get to a point in your life where it's more blessed to give than to receive? Where does that perspective and that passionate desire come from? It happens when you define the why. The why motivates it all. You know, when you forget why you love your spouse and why you married them in the first place, you'll start looking around. But if if you get in that restaurant table and you say, honey, I married you 10 and a half years ago because you're the most amazing woman I've ever met. You're still the most amazing woman I've ever met. Nobody could love me like you. I'd do it all over again. Babe, I need you. It'll be a good night in the Walter house, I'll tell you that much, because you remembered why, right? You got to remember why. And so many people, man, write this down, write this down. If I lose my why, I'll lose my way. And some of you have lost your way because you've forgotten your whys. Your marriage is in trouble because you've forgotten why you married them in the first place. And you're not enjoying your job 
when good grief, that, you prayed for that job one day. But when we lose, when we forget our why, we'll lose our way. And all of a sudden, you find your relationship with God struggling. So I want to talk about why today. Why, why should I give to my church? And I just had the most fun getting ready for this message this week. In fact, in my file the, of things I remind myself all the time, I've got about 20 reasons why that I give to my church and why I want to give more to my church every year and, and why I want to give to God. And, and so I'm going to give you four of them today in this Christmas message. And the first reason, the number one reason why I give to my church is because Jesus gave to us first. You know what fires me up about giving? Is that God sent his son to earth, gave his son, and asked his son to give it all. And Jesus gave up his life, his career, his friendships, his family, his high position, everything, including his body and his life, in hopes that someday Ryland would receive that gift. And it fires me up to give. And I don't ever want to forget where I'd be with Christ. Honestly, friend, I love Jesus so much that he could ask me of anything, and it's his. It's his. This is the message of Christmas. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Ephesians 5 explains, further explains what Christ has given and, wh- and why he did it. It says Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He gave himself for it. I want to be like Christ. I want, to get, I want to give my life for the church. One of the most Christ-like things you can do is love the church. Christ loved the church. He died so that he could give the church to himself like a bride in all her beauty. He died so that the church could be pure and without fault. When you want to know what something is worth, you look at what someone is willing to pay for it. Like your house, it's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Your bicycle is only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. What was God willing to pay? What was Christ willing to pay for the church? His life. His life. I'll give my life. It's that valuable. Let me give you another why. Another reason why we give, even more specifically, why give to your church. And number two, because it's the direct way, it's the direct way to give to God. So Christian giving is not about giving to a cause. It's about giving to a person. It's different really than any other type of giving. When you give to the church, you're giving a gift of thanks to God who breathed life into you. The same God who poured out everything, even life itself, to welcome you home, even though we turned our back on him. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. This, this term, that we're the body of Christ, that's not a metaphor, That's real. We are the physical representation of Jesus Christ until he returns. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. And God's plan, so when you give to the church, you're giving to Christ himself. God's, this is God's plan, to group us together. And this is why the devil attacks your relationships. 
This is why often the biggest problems in your life are relationship problems because the enemy relentlessly attacks your relationships because if he can get you to give up on relationships, if he can give you to give up on, get you to give up on the church, you've lost a lot of your power. And so your full potential can be reached only when you find your covenant family, your local expression of the church, and you need to find one. And when you do, something powerful happens because the church is the most powerful force in the world. Jesus Christ said, I will build my church. I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And for 2,000 years, the church has 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 survived every crumbling culture Jesus is in the church building business he's not interested in building my reputation he's not interested in building your reputation or building nations building governments building businesses building clubs building organizations the solve to the world's problems is not going to come from the White House the government or the United Nations it's going to happen through the church Jesus says, I'm going to build up the body of Christ, my church. I'm going to build into my family, the church. Yes, there are battles we don't win. There are losses along the way. But I've read the last book of the Bible. The church is the only thing that lasts forever. It's the only thing that survives. And like Jesus, I will never, ever apologize for asking you to give and love and serve your church. Colossians 1.6 says this. This same, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. When you give to God, powerful things happen. The third reason why uh, we give to our church is write this in. Because my heart follows my money. The reason I love the topic of giving so much is because I have become convinced that it is the primary thing we can do to stretch our faith. People who get stagnant in their faith, when they start giving, they have a breakthrough in their faith. Giving works. Giving gets results. I've seen it time and time again that this one discussion has the ability to create spiritual growth in ways that most other discussions do not. So much of our faith is words. We come in and we sing words. We listen to a sermon filled with words. We read the Bible, it's filled with words. We sit in small groups and we put words to our thoughts. And for many people, their whole relationship with God is happening only with their mouth. And we need to put our money where our mouth is. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not undercutting the power of words. Words are powerful. I just spoke with a guy in the lobby who said, you know, I never sang in worship. And recently I started singing and he says, I'm just having breakthroughs and just feeling so close to God. Words are powerful. Confess with your mouth. You will be saved. But giving is an action. You're doing something very real that will stretch your faith in a very real way. There's nothing elusive or mysterious about it. It's I either give or I don't. I, I, I'm in or, my, or I'm out. I tithe or I don't tithe. It's so clear. 
But when I do, when I do give, it moves the needle. I talk to hundreds of people who want me to help them uh, grow their faith, stretch their faith. This is the one place we should all start. Luke 12, 21, Jesus said this. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. You have two accounts in your life. You have an earthly account and a heavenly account. Which one are you investing in? The temporary one or the eternal one? It's been said that life is like a game of Monopoly. No matter how much you earn and win, it's all going back in the box. How do you get around that? You give to God. You have a rich relationship with God. You put it into an eternal account that can't be forfeited, that can't be lost. You give to God. Are you investing in temporary things that you will lose? Are you investing in eternity? One of the things I love about giving is that it enables me to more freely enjoy what I have on earth. That I can have something nice and not feel guilty about it because the chains of materialism have been broken. I'm not fixated on that thing. I can enjoy it. I can have a nice thing. But I ordered my finances. I put God first. I know who's God in my life. Giving grows your faith. Jesus also said this in Luke chapter 12. He said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Most people misread this. They think that this means that I'll give to what I care about. What Jesus is saying is far more interesting than that. He's saying what you give to, that's what you'll care about. Where your money is, that's where the rest of your life is. That's where the investment is. That's what you'll be passionate about. You don't become more generous and then give. You give, and that makes you a generous person. You don't grow closer to God and then give. You give, and that's how you feel closer to God. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I've got one more for you. If I only could give you one today, this is the one. This would be it. This will keep you going. I want to give to God through my church because one day when I meet him face to face, One day, number four, I want to hear Jesus say, well done, well done, way to go. You know that there's one day I'm going to stand before Christ and I just have this scenario in my mind that I've got all my questions and all the things that I, I wanted to say to him and everything And I'm a talker, so I'm probably just going to jump right in. And here's my questions. And God, thank you for this and thank you for that. And I just picture Jesus saying, Rylan, shh, 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 stop, stop. For once in your life, just listen, stop. You did it. Way to go. Well done. You believed, you stayed faithful. You gave, you took what I gave to you and you stewarded it well and here you are today and here's the other people who are here because of you and because of your faith. Well done. Friend, I am living for that day. That day is all that matters. I am looking forward to that day. The Bible says that he's coming on the clouds one day to meet us, that he's bringing his rewards with him. The word in the Greek actually means to pay us back to pay us back. You know what that tells me is when I give, I don't lose a thing. 
No one is ever lost by being generous. No one has given up anything by being generous because he's coming back to repay us. Matthew 25, 23 says, The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Now I will give you many more responsibilities. Say this out loud with me. Let's celebrate together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We thank you for your son, Jesus, who gave the most generous gift of all. And I pray that through the teaching of your word that you would just help empower us to be who you created us to be, to not live with a scarcity mindset that there's not enough, but in you there is more than enough. And I know that for some people this this is not a step of faith that we're talking about today. This is a leap of faith. And I pray that you would just put a sense of peace in them that will result in the joy found in giving back to you. That they'll see this as a a regular act of worship in our life. And that we would put you first in this major area of our life. God, there may be someone in this room uh, today who uh, they don't need to give you money. They've never given you their life. And if you've never trusted in God, if you've never believed in him, would you pray this in your heart and minds? God, help me to trust you. Help me to believe in you. Help me to uh, receive the gift and the message of Christmas that Jesus Christ, Son of God, came, lived a perfect life, something I could never do. He died on the cross as the payment for my sin. And he rose from the dead. And I can have new life in Jesus' name. God, I want that. I believe it. I trust in you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.